the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thank you for joining us today for On the Road with Jesus, hosted by Rhody Fisher. As a Christian mom for over 40 years and a teacher of the Bible in public schools for 25 years, Rhody will take you on a journey with some of her friends as they share their experiences and testimonies from their walk with Christ. You'll see that you are not alone in your search for God, your victories with Him, or your failures. Welcome to On the Road with Jesus. Now, here's your host, Rhody Fisher. Good morning, listeners, and welcome. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you so much for getting us here today and this morning. And Lord, we ask that you would bless our time here and be with our words. Let the words of our mouth, Lord, and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing to you. And Lord, as we read your word this morning, we pray for understanding. We bless you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Okay, we're in Psalm 75, and I'm going to read out of the NIV. And this is, um, we're just going to start in verse 1. We give thanks to you, O God. We give thanks, for your name is near. Men tell us of your wonderful deeds. You say, I choose the appointed time. It is I who judge the uprightly. When the earth and all its people quake, it is I who hold its pillars firm, Selah. To the arrogant I say, boast no more. And to the wicked, do not lift up your horns. Do not lift up your horns against heaven. Do not speak with outstretched necks. No one from the east or the west or the desert can exalt a man. But it is God who judges. He brings one down. He exalts another. In the hand of the Lord is a cup full of foaming wine mixed with spices. He pours it out, and all the wicked of the earth drink it down to its very dregs. As for me, I will declare this forever. I will sing praise to the Lord of Jacob. I will cut off the horns of all the wicked. But the horns of the upright, uprighteous will be lifted up. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Okay, thank you for joining us. We're going to start um, the lesson today in John 4. And that's going to be verses 3 to 30. And I'm reading from the King James for this. So we're talking about Jesus, and it says here, So he left Judah and went back once more to Galilee. So Jesus, it's saying here, is going to leave Judea and go to to Galilee. Verse 4. And he must, needs, go through Samaria. Now that's kind of a funny way to talk. Um, It seems really odd. 
But it does say he must and he needs. It doesn't say he between the two, but it says he must needs. And what it really means is Jesus must, he needs to go to Samaria. And why is that? It sounds really weird. Why is he going to Samaria? I'd like to just insert a little bit of a background here about Samaria. Um, and, and then maybe after you hear this, you'd wonder why, too, Jesus would want to go through Samaria rather than going around Samaria. Well, Galilee is really north of the northern part of Israel. And Judea is really the southern part of Israel. And right smack in the middle was Samaria. So if you were traveling north or south, you'd have to go through Samaria, except the good Jews and most of the Jews didn't ever want to go to Samaria. So they would go east across the Jordan River into um, a little town called Pieria, and then go around Samaria, cross the Jordan River, and then get to where they wanted to go. However, Jesus is saying here, he must, he needs to go to Samaria. Um, The reason they didn't want to go to Samaria is they despised the Samaritans. For a couple of reasons. The first is because the Sumerians were part Jewish, um, part something else, and they think it's Assyrian, they had this kind of mixed blood, this half-breed type mentality. They really looked down on them. The other thing about the Sumerians is over the years, they mixed their Jewish religion with something else. They muddied the waters there. They didn't stay with Judaism. They mixed it with some of their Assyrian beliefs and maybe something else. It looked very paganistic. As a matter of fact, they rewrote a lot of the stories in the Torah and didn't follow it the same way. So the Jewish hated, the Jewish people hated that too. So what was the reason he felt that he must or he needed to go through Samaria? Well, he obviously had a job to do, a person to meet, an encounter to have, and we all know that because we call her the Samaritan woman. Now, how wonderful it is to think that Jesus actually planned this He wanted to have this encounter with her. I mean, this Samaritan woman was a person of kind of ill repute. She was maybe shunned by the city. But he had a planned encounter set up to see her. And so he needed to speak to her. Let's go to verse 5. Then cometh he to a city of Samaria which is called Sychar, near the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now, Sychar is just a small little village near near Shechem. Jacob bought some of that land, 
in Shechem, which he gave to Joseph, and it was right there where Samaria is. Verse 6, now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being weary with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. So Jesus, knowing Jesus was 100% man, 100% God, he got tired. Um, That earthly body he was carrying did get weary. And that sixth hour is is 12 o'clock noon. So Jesus had been traveling. He got tired. He sat at the well and waited. Verse 7, There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus said unto her, Give me to drink. Now, normally, people would draw water in the morning or in the evening. It was really rare that they would draw water in the middle of the day, the heat of the day. They wanted to do it when it was cooler. So drawing water in the evening or the morning was normal. But the Samaritan woman was coming out in the heat of the day, possibly because she was a woman that had a reputation, and maybe she just needed to be alone to do that without having all eyes on her as she drew drew water from the well. Um, And here a Jew was talking to her and asking for water. The Samaritans were considered unclean to a Jew. And by drinking out of a vessel that was a Samaritan's was completely unheard of. As well as, here she is a woman And he's talking to her. He's asking for a drink. Verse 8. For his disciples were gone away unto the city to buy meat. Well, what this means is his disciples were sent by him, Jesus, to get food for them. Go to the city and buy some food for all of us. We're hungry. We've been working. And so, and, and traveling quite a quite a ways. So he's asked them to buy food. Possibly he also wanted to speak to the Samaritan woman alone. He knew that she was going to be there. After all, he is God. And he had that encounter planned to speak to the Samaritan woman. Could he have possibly created a miracle and made food himself? Yeah, that was a possibility. But I do think he wanted to be alone. He wanted to be able to speak to the Samaritan woman without judgment from the disciples. Maybe, maybe not. But that's my thought anyway. It's my opinion. And, and it kind of makes sense when you see the timing of the, the disciples coming back. So let's go forward with this. Um. Verse 9, Then the woman of Samaria unto him said, How is it that thou, being a Jew, asketh drink from me, which I am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Now she 
she knows the rules here. Um, Jesus being a rabbi, Jesus being, you know, 100% God, he knows the rules too. But she's asking because she does know the rules. Why are you talking to me? I'm a Samaritan woman. You guys know that we're unclean, and I'm a woman. Plus, you're asking a woman to draw water for you. She's asking all those questions. Why is this? Why, Jesus? Number, verse 10, Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink. Thou would have asked for him, and he would have given thee living water. <clears throat> so right here, Jesus is saying, um, if you really knew who you were talking to, you, would, you wouldn't ask any questions here. You would just get the living water. He is not really wanting, maybe he is thirsty, maybe he does want a drink, but he's really not after that drink. He's asked after her heart. He's there to encounter her, to warm her heart for him for the, so that she would follow him. Verse 11, the woman saith unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou living water? She's asking him, you don't have anything to get water from, uh, f- you know, out of this deep well. You give, you're offering me living water. How are you going to get that water? She says to him, art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well and drank there of himself? and his children and his cattle. She's saying she's, she's part Jewish. They, they follow, they know that Jacob was in their lineage. They call him Father Jacob. They know all about this well. Jacob drank from that well, so did his cattle, so did his people. She says, are you greater than he is? Jesus answered and said to her, whosoever drinketh of this water shall never thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be with him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Here Jesus is clearly offering her everlasting life. The water that I give you will bring you everlasting life. There's a well that's going to spring up within your soul that's going to bring you everlasting life. I love the way the Lord uses this metaphor of the living water. He speaks to this woman as well who's at the well, who's thirsty physically, who's thirsty spiritually, and offers her living water where she'll never thirst again. Like, you know, in in the Gospels where Jesus says to Simon Peter and John, who are fishermen, come and follow me. I will make you fishers of men. They were fishermen, and he's using that metaphor. I'll make you fishers of men. Like the blind man, Jesus says, after he heals him and allows him to see, he says, you will be the light of the world. 
I love the way he personalizes it. He talks to us so that we understand him. He relates to us. And this is what he's doing to the Samaritan woman and the fisherman and the blind man and us. Verse 15, the woman saith unto him, Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst, neither come hither to draw. Jesus said unto her, Go call thy husband and come hither. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said unto her, Thou hast well said, I have no husband, for thou hast five husbands, and he whom thou is not thy husband, in that sayest thou truly. The Lord said unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Jesus is really showing love in speaking to her. He's bringing out the things of her past, not so that he could, you know, push her down, but so that he, she knows, he knows about that. And in spite of that, he loves her anyway. And he draws her in to himself by saying, I know that I know about you. And he's looking at her probably with compassionate, loving eyes. And she receives it. And the reason I say that she does is because she's not upset. She doesn't run away from him. She's not embarrassed. She doesn't say something that's mean or cruel to him like someone might if you said something in a cruel way. But Jesus was loving in his presentation to her. I know who you are. I'm telling you about your husbands. And I... And I love you anyway. That's the way he presents this to her. In verse 20, it says, Our fathers worshipped in this mountain. And this is the Samaritan woman saying this. And ye say that in Jerusalem is a place where men ought to worship. Jesus wants to point her to the real father, God the Father. He hears this and he, he really is still trying to draw her in. Jesus says unto her, this is verse 21, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when ye neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship ye know not what. We know what ye worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, verse 24, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So he's really saying here, you know, your fathers worship the mountains, you know, they know not what, but you can worship God in spirit and in truth. And in fact, that's the way you have to worship God in spirit and in truth. The woman saith unto him, I know that Messiah cometh, which is called Christ. When he is come, he will tell us all things. Jesus said unto her, I speak that unto thee am he. He is telling her straight out, I am he, I am the Messiah. The person that's going to come, Christ, that's me. He's, he's just telling her straight out so that um, she could follow him. 
Verse 27. And upon this came his disciples and marveled that he talked with the woman. Yet no man said, What seekest thou, and why talkest thou to her? So, just as I said, you know, the, Jesus sent the mission, I mean, the, um, the disciples away to get food. And in fact, they come back right after Je- Jesus has said to them, I said to the Samaritan woman everything that she needed to know. Now, it says here in verse 28, the woman then left her water pot and went her way into the city and saith to men. And so she leaves her water pot there. It's almost like she leaves her past or she leaves her most important thing, the water pot. You know, she's this poor woman. She's getting her water. She leaves it all behind. She runs to the city. And this is what she says. Come, see a man which told me all things that I ever did. Is this the Christ? So she's telling the whole city. Come, see a man that told me everything that I did. Now, if she were really upset, would she go back? to these people that ridiculed her? Come see a man? No. She knew it was God. He looked at her with loving eyes. And she's saying, I want to introduce you to this man. She's not saying, come see a person that you can ask for forgiveness, say the sinner's prayer, get baptized. Not that those things are bad. But come see a man. This man, Jesus, who is God, come, meet him. He told me everything. And so this is really what God wants us to do. He wants us to drop everything and come. He's waiting to hear from us, especially those of you that are out there. If this resonates with you and you would like to follow Jesus and invite him into your heart, just like the Samaritan woman did. She saw this loving eyes. You know, he didn't come with a mean look. I want to compare him to, if you go to um, Matthew 9, 9, and Matthew is writing this, and he says, there was a man that looked at a man named Matthew and said, come. Follow me. Matthew also was despised by his the town people. He was the tax collector, probably overcharging these people. If he was walking down the street, the people probably shunned him, didn't look at him, or if they did look at him, they looked at him with disgust. But he followed Jesus by saying, when he heard Jesus say, Come, follow me. So if that's you and you'd like to follow Jesus today, say this very quick prayer with me. Mean it with your heart. Forget the things of the past. Dear Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. Today is the day I'd like to follow you as my Lord and Savior. I ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have said that prayer and meant it with your heart, give us a call here at the station 
or go to my website, www.ontheroadwithjesus. There's a, there's a pull down there. You can, you can go down to the bottom of the webpage, sign in, let us know that you've accepted Jesus as, as your Savior. If you'd also like to request a Bible, we'd be happy to send you one. The information is coming up here. So thank you for joining me. We'll see you next time with On the Road with Jesus. Thank you for being here today for On the Road with Jesus with your host, Rhody Fisher. Every week, you'll hear experiences and testimonies from her and her friends as they share their journey with Jesus. You'll see that you're not alone in your search for God, your victories with Him, or your failures. If you have a question about today's show, email Rhody Fisher at rawfisher at ontheroadwithjesus.com, spelled R-A-H, Fisher, at on the R-H-O-D-E with Jesus.com or leave a voicemail at 951-817-0094. That's 951-817-0094. On the Road with Jesus is sponsored by Global Expressions Language Project. Learn more at asquaredlamps.org. That's the letter A, squaredlamps.org. Be sure to join us each week at this same time for more On the Road with Jesus, hosted by Rody Fisher. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.